0: I always oh, wanted an AK 47. I, I always wanted a rope full of ears, you know. Goodness. A rope ear necklace.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey guys, this is a hard time Strongman, men raising up the bear class of man. And today we got a special guest, Ghost Element. How you doing, man? Glad to have you on the show. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, and uh, just share where you're at.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so, I'm Ghost Element. Uh, kind of run a bullshit Instagram page that just shares good information, posts good information, and talks facts, I guess. Maybe. Misinformation, I don't know. But all right. um Kind of in line with these guys, I'm all about creating a better a better man these days. Um, same sh- different way, I guess, but also run a training company. Um, me and my buddy run a company called future conflicts, uh, do everything from bushcraft training to tactical bushcraft training with like and E's built into okay. it. We have a uh, recce classes, uh, small unit tactics. We're rolling out a basic marksmanship and like an intro to long range course as well. Um, Yeah, man, kind of getting everything. Um, On the personal side, outside of anything military or training-related, I race cross-country ATVs, I shoot competitions, uh, fish hunt, all all your normal fun stuff.
2: Normal cool guy stuff, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, normal cool guy stuff. Yeah, normal stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, normal. I totally (laughs) do that, yeah. (laughs) Well, cool, man. And you just got done passing sniper school, right?
0: Yeah, just graduated about – I don't know what's Twenty fifth about two weeks ago, week and a half. Nice. Ago.
2: Congratulations. Um, hey, yeah, it was a
1: hell of a time, dude. Hell of a time. <laughs> <laughs> dude, two weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, in the cold, man. That screw that. Yeah, man. Great choice uh, of vacation, uh, but okay. sure. All of us.
0: Dude, it... <laughs> honestly, I I would rather do that than work a civilian job any day. It's it's just different. Yeah. Like I was telling you guys before, like, I might not know anybody going into the course, but going there, getting to meet different people and getting that good training, dude, it's you, you can't replace it. That's why a lot of people come to our courses. Yeah. They get that that experience where they meet somewhat of I guess a brotherhood or yeah. community and uh they meet people and keep in contact with them and keep training going.
2: You yeah. Know? Well, it's you know, it's a very yeah, I feel <laughs> like it's a very instinctive, very kind of subconscious thing, but when you're around people who are you know, both skilled, right. And who are driven to, to be better. I mean, it's just such a magnet, you know, because you get to a point to where you're either, you know, like the subject matter expert in your craft and then you're like, okay, what's next? Or you don't know anything. You're just a sponge and you're like, Oh, these guys know what they're talking about. Like these guys are serious. And you, know, you can tell when people aren't, you know, trying to fool you with anything when they're not talking themselves up, when they just know when they've just earned it. And, you know, like people want to be around that kind of excellence. Like it, it's infectious. Yeah, man. People, uh,
0: they can tell, dude. And it, like the thing we always tell our students, man, like you get, you come here, you, you meet dudes, network while you're here and, and further that training, whether it's with us or with someone else further, never sit static, dude. Just, you know, if, if you got a couple months downtime, whatever, I get it, you, you know, but do what you can with your time when you can. You yeah. Know? that for that
2: training we do the same thing as instructors as well you know Mm -hmm. well you can always be getting better at something you know i don't i don't really buy into the you know you don't have time thing you know because it's it's not a time factor you know everybody has the same amount of time throughout the day it's just how you prioritize your time so you always be working on something and you know it's good to hear that you guys are you know not settling you know that that's huge you know one of our core values one of our core ethos is that we're always learning you know that's why we have you know guys like you are special guests on the show, you know because they bring something to the table, and you know we're not subject matter experts on everything we can't be, you know but it's really important yeah. to bring people who are, so that you can further the conversation and get people you know like you said holistically like that full you know that uh, rounded like rounded out uh, picture that full that full picture of uh, the skill set and the mentality that we need to be at.
0: No, dude, it's a, it's a good thing to have, man. Um, I'll be honest with you, dude; it's hard to find people like that these days.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's intentional, it's rich. right? You know that. Oh, you know, it's one hundred percent intentional. You know, whoever you know, powers that be, they're trying to <laughs> snuff that out because you know something that we really push is community, right? You know, decentralized community. So, starting at your family, then building out to your neighbors, your communities, connecting with greater communities. After that, you know, if you are completely self sustaining as a community, then you don't need anybody else to help you out. Right. And then who are you putting out a job yeah. at that point? You know, who do you have to worry about yeah. at that point? So
0: who are you not paying taxes to at that point. Exactly.
2: I mean it's it's very <laughs> you know, it's very you know, it's very threatening to them. It's very obvious when you when you think about it. So it's really great that you guys are here to, you know, like you said, push that standard. So how do you guys get together, decide to to put together future conflicts as as we know it today? Oh, cool.
0: so me and my buddy from my section and my unit, uh, I think I kind of forgot. I blew over that in my intro, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I'm a 11 Bravo. I've worked reconnaissance my whole career. I went from long range surveillance to a scout sniper section after Lurch disbanded. Um, mm-hmm. me and him met when I went to my scout sniper section about, uh, five, six years ago. Um, we've served together, together ever since. Um, we kind of just came up with, with a idea one day. Really, I mean, mostly it was him. Um, he was like, hey, man, I want to start this training company. I think there's a absence of primitive training in the military world, especially. People were too reliant on electronics and such and like GPSs and whatnot. And uh, they don't know how to survive anymore on their own. They don't know how to operate when, when comms go down and, and GPSs go down. Uh, I feel like we need to fill that void. You know, and not just on the military side, but on the civilian side as well. Civilians don't have a lot of these things that the military has, right? So, it's applicable to both worlds. Um, so he was like, you know, we need to fill, we need to fill this void. So I was like, all right, man, I'm I'm with you. So pretty much we write lesson plans, we kick out new stuff, and we train whoever wants to train, man. It's 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 kind of a revolving circle now. So like we have alumni that we incorporate into a lot of classes. So like if you come through, you've done a couple classes with us and we feel comfortable with you, we know how, we know, you know how to survive. you have taken our, our basic bushcraft class, you've taken our medical classes, you've taken our SUT class, you can at least patrol and operate in a small team. Um, okay. Now we're holding open training weekends and now you're like helping our CAD. Now you're helping like our, our new, our new staff and our CAD tray, right? So like, uh, now you're helping our new students. Too. So like when these dudes come through, you're playing out four against them or you might have like something to say on instruction, you can come through and help out. You'd be like part of the group now. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to keep that going. That's really it. awesome. It, it's, it's making a whole different world over here, man. It's, it's, it's really for the better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, hell yeah. it draws more people
0: in. They see it's a community, not just a, uh, you're not, they're not, we're not here just here to take your money. We're not trying to rob you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So
2: well, it's huge when you see a company who are, student-led you know i mean like you're providing instruction right you have information you have experience that your students don't know but answering those questions right fielding you know these different mindsets and you know applying it making it make sense of things especially like you said bringing you know alumni in who have that different perspective than you do you know versus an instructor as a student you know being able to provide that perspective and you know that knowledge and provide that depth to it i mean that that's huge
0: it's uh it's different man like i always tell everybody like you can come to our class and any course and go to three different instructors and each one will know how to teach it to you two or three different ways that the other one doesn't know that's awesome so like yeah you know i always say like we're just like everybody else man (laughs) so in order for us to learn it at some point it had to be taught to us probably two or three different ways so we just it just helps us we know how to teach it two or three different ways now and each instructor can do it differently. So, like, if you have problems with one instructor and you're not learning from them, you know, go to someone else. We're not going to get butthurt. And we, we keep all, we like, we're, we're very humble. So, like, we're never going to talk down to a student, right? We're never going to be mean to a student. We're, we're not going not gonna to get out of line. We're not like your typical, like, like how you see, like, you guys were who who are in the military. So, like, a, like a military instructor, right? Of mm-hmm. in course, we're, we're not going to talk to you like that. Um, you're here, you're paying us you know, to learn something. We want you to be able to absorb that and remember it and hopefully teach it to your family or friends down the road. You're a force multiplier at that point. Right. Yeah. So we want you to take back what you learn and create your own community with it. That's awesome. Um, so in order to do that, you have to be comfortable, right. To a certain extent. So like, like, um, if, if you learn basic bushcraft, you know, you're going to be cold at some point, or you're going to be hot at some point, or you're going to be living out of a shelter at some point, right? So, like, if you're an SUT, you're going to be sweaty, you're going to be patrolling, you're going to have gear rubbing on you, if you're going to be running or just, like, patrolling for a long amount of time. You might have an E&E at some point in one of our courses, because some of them do have them. Um, yeah. But we're not going to add to it by being mean to you and yelling at you. It like, a, there, there are other uh, small unit tactic schools and training schools that do that, and people, some people like that. You know, but we treat you like an adult.
2: You know? Can you can you pay extra to get hazed? Oh, dude. Well, I mean, we'll agree. <laughs> no, that's really great. But... <laughs> no, nah, nah, dude. There's, I mean, there's plenty of trash talking. I
0: mean, you're, we treat you like our own. So, like, just like how we trash talk each other. Fair game. We're going to have fun, dude. We're going to laugh at each yeah. other.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, treating people like people. You know, yeah. that's huge. Because, you know... I don't yeah. even know how much I didn't learn in the army because you know, just, you feel so far below your instructor, you know, you can't even feel the question or, you know, people are telling you shut up or, you know, like, you know, if you don't know something, you don't know something, you know, so that's really great that you guys have yeah. that perspective and you have multiple instructors who are able to, to accommodate that. That's huge. Yeah, man. All of our, all of our
0: staff is all either current or prior service and all, have been there done that and whatever they're teaching right so like they've experienced that bad leadership and there's bad instructors you know where they've been afraid to ask a question or afraid to make a suggestion or something uh they don't want to put that back out in the community they hated it then and they hate it now
2: yeah
1: cool yeah. that's the way to go too especially because of like we were talking offline in the pre-show like there's so much toxicity in army leadership as is like, you don't need to bring that outside, especially when, like you said, people are paying you to teach them this stuff. There's no reason for this toxicity to be there. I mean, there was no reason for the toxicity to be in the army to begin with, but you know, here we are, you know, decades down the road and there people are still getting treated like crap when, you know, you're, these instructors are still trying to convey information mm-hmm. in a way that should be easily absorbed by these students. Cause you're trying to teach them this stuff so that they can take it back to their unit And teach other dudes. But if you put the toxicity in there and you just treat people like crap, like maybe you're not going to get the right information. Maybe you're not going to get the complete information. Some people just shut down. Like I've seen that so often in the army where people are just like, they want to know, but then they just get like basically hazed by NCOs and they just shut them up and they don't work. And damn thing. Yes.
0: I tend to lose any respect I have for an instructor when, when they talk down for no reason. I understand if it's Mm -hmm. like in the military, if it's kind of justified, right? Like, or if it's part of the course, right? But, um, when it's just not needed and it's just their natural human behavior, I lose a lot of respect for that guy, and I tend to not absorb information from that person. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know? So, I never want to see a student of mine do that.
2: Yeah, you know. Well, it sucks as a as an instructor when you see that. You know, when you're when you're honest to god trying to like present information to somebody, when you're trying to make someone better to help someone grow, and you just you know, see them dissolve. You know, or just like completely clean up and you're just like, well, I, you know, I, now I can't do anything, you know, you know, I lost them, And, yeah. you know, you, know how, you don't know how much time it'll take for them to open back up to where you can you know, actually, yeah. you know, give off what you need to, you know, give what you need to give them. You know, it's just, it's very disheartening. You especially from someone that you see as your peer when, you know, like yeah. I said, they just treat like crap. I mean, we're, you know, I say, you know, we were both out obviously, but, you know, when you're in a profession, you know, train someone like professionals, you know, you're trying to exude, you're yeah. trying to uphold a standard of excellence, you know, that need that needs to, you know, transfer over to your training, you know, to your training style, to your temperament, you know, every, everything, it all flows together. Yeah. I mean, the
0: way I see it is if, if you're taking time out of your point of instruction to basically just be mean to me for no reason, it's because you don't have enough to teach me mm. or you don't know how to teach yeah. me. Yeah. That's a bigger one, so yeah, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's why I shut down.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, the dudes with the fragile wrong. with the fragile egos are, you know, like you said, they're just insecure because they don't actually know the material.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times when you push back to them, push back at those type of people, they don't know what to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like in the military, it's it's, it's interesting because, like, I just saw it literate school. I was at and one of the one of the. Uh, students push back against the cadre and literally offered to fight him based off his behavior. At the cadre saw it and uh uh cadre member ended up backing down and apologizing based off his behavior. Ha, so it was, good. it was it was funny to see the whole class saw it. Nice. But it was you know, and that that instructor acting more humble after that for the last two weeks. So Yeah. Some people need I mean I, I I'll be the first to admit I need to swap every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just
2: the way it is. Oh yeah, I deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
0: But I am still not gonna just go, t- you know. I am not gonna talk to a student that way. I am not gonna treat a student like that. There's there's a line, and I and I right. don't,
2: I don't dip below that standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it <laughs> is. I, you have to, you have to uphold that professionalism. Yep. Um, always, you know. If you don't, like, yes. you know, I had a uh, I had a leader who, you know, who never never raised a voice at us ever. Said that the moment they, you know, I do, then I just lose credibility for you. You know, you are not going to listen to anything I have yep. to say after that. You know, I, you know, I've lowered my standard you know i'm i'm not going to do that i've worked too hard to you know to be what i am for you to just you know think i'm nothing you know you have guys that are like that and you have guys who are you absolute dirtbags and it's easy to see and it's you know it's obvious who you'd rather go to to learn something yeah so
0: yeah and and who you'd rather be with honestly yeah
2: 100 percent. you know and especially you know you said you're you know you're a private company you know people are paying to you know to be there it's not like you're you know, getting paid to hate people and make them think they're in the army. You're getting paid to, you know, give them instruction, you know, give them information in a way that they can apply easily. And like you said, you know, grow the culture and, you know, expand and, you know, further that skill set. You know, it's too important to, yeah. to squander that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and what's funny is we're about to roll, we're apparently to make a presentation to some military command and about getting some of their sections to go to some of our courses with, with their, you know, just to get them some more training because they're they're kind of static and they haven't done anything because of, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, they're, 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 they're losing military members because they're not getting that training. They're, they're seeking it elsewhere. They're transferring branches or they're transferring units or they're just getting out. Right. So we're trying to help them help themselves and show them what they need to do and make a presentation and get, you know, a section rolling through a month, you know, for like a three day course or something, you know, once a month or something. And like, whether it be basic bushcraft, SUT, or just like basic basic marksmanship, just like a refresher or some stuff like a marksmanship training unit should do, but they don't have a marksmanship training unit. You know what right. I mean? So, um, we're still not gonna teach those students like how we've experienced in the military. We're still gonna teach them how we would teach our own, our own students, right? Even though it's military. Right. We're not gonna be like that to them either,
2: you know, whether we know them or not, you know? That's huge. Yeah yeah well it's sad because you know you're you know you know god willing if you're able to you know to go through with that you're going to be able to teach them so much more than you know uh you know just a you know whatever round the mill army school that someone could throw on right because especially you know you're talking about like the marksmanship like a basic you know intermediary marksmanship class you know because you're not at a government approved range you're you know, you're not having to worry about what flag is, you know, flying at what time of day you're actually able to do your job, which is to train students. Yeah, you know, we shoot ourselves in the foot so much in the government by, by doing that kind of nonsense. It's crazy. You know.
0: Dude, we we bat we bad bite, bite ourselves every step of the way. And it starts at getting approval to even train. Yeah. <laughs> It starts at the risk assessment.
2: It's crazy. Well, and it's only if you do get risk assessment. And if you do get approval for that, it's only for that training. It's only for the training. It takes individual leaders to say, All right, we're not doing anything. You know, we already learned this. Let's go learn something else. You know, and there's not a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of free thought and free decision making going on. And it's sad it's sad to see. Um we see it widely what, where we're at right now, and like I, like I was saying earlier, I used to term yes-man, but you see a lot of higher upper echelon military staff just being yes-men and they're just doing what they're told, and they don't know how to think freely, and it affects us ultimately because it determines what training areas we get, what training we get, uh, what round count we get. If we get rounds, it, It's if we're doing force-on-force, force, if we're just, if we're having range day, if we're, if we're doing stalks, if we're doing this, we're doing that, It sometimes we can't do anything. Yeah. You know, and it's because nobody wants to pop the question or ask or, or take it upon themselves to write a training plan, go in go into Rhythmus, see what round counts we have, what we're allotted, and pull it or, or go get a hazmat certification so they can escort the ammo or do this. You know, it's you're having to literally do everything yourself now because and a lot at a lot of units because the staff doesn't want to do it.
2: Yeah. Why or they don't they? want to see you do it. Why, why would they? <laughs> it's more paperwork for them. Yeah. It's more you know, you can't yeah. just hide behind your desk in your office with a closed door. You have to actually go outside and do your job. Yeah, yeah so exactly. They have a job they got to do. Weird, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing about that federal money. I still don't see any good roads. I don't know,
0: dude. Mm. Our roads around here are horrible, and that, that's a That's not just a federal problem; that's a state problem. Too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you said you guys run like basic bushcraft, uh, um, yeah. some stalking. So what was a typical? you know, class, I guess, breakdown look like, like time-wise, like you guys run off of like time slots. Do you guys just go until the instructions done and then teach something else? Like, how do you guys kind of divvy that out?
0: So usually it's, it's a, it's a time slot. So like, like basic bushcraft is a two day, right? It's like usually a Saturday and Sunday for students on the weekends. Uh, We'll usually head out there on Friday and occupy the place overnight one or two instructors, and a lot of times we invite students to come out there a day early. And a lot of them do; they'll come out and camp out a day early. Cool. And um, we got a big, uh, like a ten man wall tent with a wood stove in it and everything nice. for them that they want to sleep in it. That's awesome. Uh, nice. You know, if they're, if they're making shelters, we'd like them to sleep in a shelter if they camp. The weather's good, but like last time we had it, uh, this past January, dude, it was like negative six, oh. and it was snowing, and it was it was rough. And we, we had uh, we were worried about students get like a, a cold weather injury so we're like dude you're sleeping in a hot tent at night everyone's cool everyone wanted to yeah. but was, they're like <laughs> oh no why but, yeah and even even in there at the wood stove it was cold so like that tells you a lot and uh yikes but you know it's a two-day course for the basic one and like our sut course is usually two days too um but you're running non pretty non-stop sun up, sundown and sometimes after dark like an sut so you know it it's not it's not like we ever don't get through the point of instruction we always get through it a lot of times you're getting extra i don't think we've had a single class or course where we've been short on time we've always given extra whether it be course related or not uh it can be something as simple as okay we're in basic bushcraft you know how to start a fire now you know how to purify water you know how to do this you know how to do that all right you're starting to campfire for a night for us to cook on Oh, you've never cooked a steak before yourself. You're gonna to learn tonight. We're gonna to show you how to cook it. Cool. You know, it's and you're you're gonna have conversations with people and enjoy yourself. Uh, like in SUT, if if we're doing patrolling and stuff and doing basic marksmanship, which we do in it, uh, we do this, we do that. You you might pick up something else, whether it be medically related or how to walk in the woods the correct way without you know rolling your foot, walking on the edge of your foot, um, how to move to and from. A target, move, you know, forward and backwards, don't move left and right. You're going to pick up all these little hints and cues along the way, even though it's not in the poi, because we had the time to teach it to you. You know, so like if, if we're say we say we teach you buddy team bounding and buddy team break contact and this and that, well, we got extra time, so you're going to learn an Australian peel, left, right, and back, and you know, you're going to learn all this stuff because we have we have the blanks to use for force and force and. You're, we got time, so we're gonna have fun. That's awesome, you know. Or we'll add more patrols into it, or make you let you make your own decisions on patrols, and you know, cool. So it's we 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 tend to stay pretty fluid with stuff. We, we got a saying in the military and our section: it's just stay flexible, and uh, you because know, yeah. like you guys know, anything could change up to the last. Oh second. yeah, of course. And uh, yep, that that's what we live by. But a lot of times, I don't think we've had one bad experience with that yet in our training company. It's always been for the better
2: that's really great. So that's awesome. How many students, It's it, how uh, many students do you, does like a typical class run? I know, obviously it's going to change, you know, versus what kind of class you're, you're running, but, uh, how many like it, median do you say?
0: Uh, six to eight, it depends. Sometimes 10, it depends on the class and the time of year. So like over the winter, it'd be like six to eight right now. We're seeing like 10 to 15 goodness because the spring's come in, it's getting warmer out and there's just people, people won't be outside a little more. Yeah. Right? right. So
1: yeah.
2: Right. right. Yeah. How many instructors <laughs> do you run with that? 20 degrees. Like uh instructor to student ratio. So for basic bushcraft, we try to have
0: two instructors, one medic. We have one medic there okay. all the time. Sometimes we have a second one there. Um, SU, Like this past SUT, we had three instructors and two medics uh i think we had a 12 person class but that was while i was away at school um yeah man it, it's it varies we if someone if someone wants to work it um a lot of times they'll work it without pay they just want to go camp out and hang out with the boys and, and teach people so like are like hey man i'm not doing anything this weekend i'm just gonna sit at home anyway let me come out and help you guys because they're from the section anyway and they're trained up on what wow. we're teaching so we're like all right man here's a handbook review it day or two before and wherever you want to step in at, let me know, you know, and it helps them because they get out and now we have someone we feel comfortable teaching because we see them teach. So now if we got a slot, if I'm away
2: at school or yeah, something, you can
0: take my spot while I'm gone.
2: Yeah. So, and it just reinforces that course of instruction for them. You know, there's no better way to learn something than to teach it. So that's really awesome that you guys are building that community though. That's the one thing I've, you know, I've gotten out of that is you know, you guys are very, very people, very community centered. So that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. We, we uh we'll literally teach anything it don't matter
1: <laughs> it's a,
0: if we know it and you want to learn it just ask
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing you get a, a good mix of like both military and uh like civilian side in your classes right yeah so we just we just, we have a
0: army captain from alaska from what used to be 25th airborne i forget what they call it now they just renamed it and redesigned it but he's coming out all the way back over to East coast. He's from the East coast, but he's coming back over here to take a class with us. SUT class. Um, mm-hmm. he wants to take it back and teaches his, uh, company what he learned. And then we, we get some military guys like on the guard side, reserve side. Uh, and then, you know, civilians. So it, it, it varies. We have we even have like my buddy who just retired from active SF from his retired from 10th group about two years ago. Uh, we're hosting a class on his property out in Wisconsin here soon, like next wow. winter, probably it's a winter warfare class and we're going to take nice. him and as a guest instructor to teach what he knows about winter warfare training and cold weather stuff. And, you know, I've, I've been to Mount warfare and cold weather. So I got a cold weather training. A bunch of our guys have, so we're just going to make a hodgepodge of stuff, make a winter warfare class. So like it, it's the, all that community, man. You know, That's it's great. You, uh, I always say networking is everything. Come here, meet people, get to know them, you know, link up with them online, whatever it is, phone, whatever, stay in contact, you know, stay in contact with us because we always got new stuff coming out that we don't always advertise for, but we have a private discord server for all of our alumni and our cadre. So we will post stuff privately in there that maybe we don't have the time to offer to public because we don't have enough time to advertise for it. Or uh, maybe we just want to keep it with alumni only, you know, and treat it as like an open training weekend, but something cool like a, like a night shoot or we were give you training on on night vision, IR and white light and all that stuff. You know, just stuff like that pops up randomly. So, you know, all of our alumni is in the discord server and, you know, we get do cool stuff from time to time.
1: Cool. That's awesome, dude. Is there any stigma about, uh, with you guys about teaching civilians kind of like military tactics and all that stuff?
0: Uh, there is. So you get, you'll get people on like Instagram sometimes send you a message or commenting about you teaching like, like I used to, like teaching like SUT stuff, uh, how to mm-hmm. patrol, how to ambush, counter ambush, um, teaching, I guess like escape and evasion tactics, escape and evasion planning, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not teaching anything that's illegal to teach, right? So like, in senior school, we learned multiple things. We learn anti captivity stuff, survival stuff, uh, planning, everything, right? How to pick and shim handcuffs, locks, all this stuff. I'm not teaching that because I can't (laughs) legally, right? I'm teaching you everything else that I learned that I can. So you're getting everything that, that literally I can give you. Uh, If something else slips out around a campfire, so be it, but you're getting everything else that I can (laughs) give you. So um, it's not like we're teaching shitbags, right? We're not teaching criminals. Everyone that comes to our course, most part has been vetted. If you register for our course, either, you know, someone who's came to our course usually, or we've had a conversation with you at some point. So, You know, it's, it's not like we're pulling people out of the city and that are committing crimes all day and bringing them, you know what I mean? It's, it's different. Um, now even in the military, like I just experienced it at school. One of the dudes, uh, he was like, um, I was teaching one of the other guys in class how to pick like master locks. I had my lock picks up me and we were in the barracks and having fun. And I was like, Hey man, you know, you rake it like this and this and that he, he got his first lock open in 20 minutes. And this guy was, this guy was in a national guard at sniper school. So he was, he has a civilian career. One of the duty guys was like, you know, you like, I, I feel weird about teaching people that because you don't know what they're like. They're nefarious. And I'm like, dude, I've known this guy three weeks at this point. He's a penetration tester for a nuclear facility on the civilian side. He, he works for a department of nuclear Energy. Like I know who this guy is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen his credentials. I know who he is. We know some of the same people. Yeah. Like I'm not teaching anybody anything that they're not allowed to know. It's all open source. You can go online and find it. You can go on YouTube and find it. I got buddies that oh, are yeah. lockpick like instructors, you know, and, and they teach it to so many people. And even they say they for the most part don't have any criminals coming like it's not criminals coming through. They're not this criminals want the quick easy way to do stuff, right? And that's usually what you what you get when people throw a shot at you. It's like, Oh, you're teaching criminals. No, they want the quick easy way. They're
2: just gonna kick your door in. Yeah
0: or they're going to break a window, you know, or they're going to catch you walking to your car in the morning or, yeah. you know, it's, it's just much easier ways to do this stuff. This is very niche stuff for the most part.
2: Yeah. And that's an issue so, that we've had to run into as well with people asking us that, or, you know, just like in our discernment process coming up with classes, but, you know, at least in my opinion with, you know, like you said, it's, it's too hard. You know, you have, you know, if these guys are, you know, dirtbags or criminals, they're not taking the time and the money to go out and learn these skills for nefarious purposes. They're not because, you know, they're not like you and me, you know, they don't put that kind of effort into something, you know, they, you know, it's just just not how they're made up. Right. And, and especially with the information, everything that we put out at least, and you know, like you said, it's the same for you. I check, I check before I put anything else, everything that I, you know, put out, everything that we put out in our, in our references is unlimited distribution for anybody. Even if it's not, then anybody can go on Army Pubs and find it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's
0: a training manual they can read
2: and figure it out, right? So, but everything that <laughs> yeah. I put, you know, on the side is, you know, open distribution. Anybody can, you know, unlimited, you know, consumer everything. So, uh, it it's a non-issue, especially with the with the criminal aspect. It's you know, like you said, it's too hard. You know, and it's such a niche niche thing that you know. Okay, we'll you know, a criminal go out to learn sets so that they can get with their buddies at no, no, <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they won't because they don't know that there's a deficit and that's the thing, you know, criminals are arrogant, yeah. you know, they, you know, they think their way is the best way. Otherwise they would be doing things legit. Right. So they're yeah. not going out to take all the time and the money to, you know, learn this stuff. It, it's a non-issue. It doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. And dude, it, it even like it, like when someone's learning from us, whether it be like, just, reading our stuff online, stuff so we're talking about, it, or they're actually in a class, like, like I've experienced, like, I've met people overseas that I've trained with in, like, Eastern European countries, and I get messages from those dudes, because they're in the reconnaissance community, which is a very small community, I'll get messages from those dudes, ask me questions about stuff I'm posting, or stuff I'm teaching, they're like, hey man, I want to learn that, like, the stuff we don't get over here, you, from, from our military training, you know, next time you come over here, can, like, can we link up and can we talk about this or or can you demonstrate it for me or teach it? And like, I've had one dude who's a member of a recon unit and over there. And he happened to wind up in Ukraine teaching military tactics for his, for his government, I guess. But he sends me a message and he's like, Hey man, I got this weird thing. Can you tell me how to use this? It's from America. And it's literally a T and E for a two forty Bravo Goodness. that they got sent over there, but <laughs> but, it, but it's a mod Armory T and E, so it had different mounting systems. Oh, and ugh. I'm like, I never touched a mod Armory one, but let me look it up. And I looked, I was like, you mount it this way. And he's like, oh, thank you, man. I'm like, I'm like, bro. Uh, but like, you you get those weird questions from people that that learn from you, and people are always wanting, or people either always have more questions or are wanting to learn more. And yeah. like I said before, I'm not I'm not i not training criminals, right? It's like, especially in that situation, my government's funding that war. So how's it bad for me to, to I mean, I'm not saying it's not bad, but how's it bad for me to, yeah. to talk to him? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So like, I'm not anything I teach for the most part is open source. Um, It's, it's, you can pull it out of a field manual. It's just like you guys have read training manuals. They're a pain to read a pain to decipher mm-hmm. sometimes, Horrible. you know, falling asleep by page three. It's, You know um i don't think anybody learns really from a training manual but luckily we've been there done that and we've used those skills so we know we we can teach them at some point right or or we can know how they've been taught to us so we can teach them at least the same way not another way um that's all we're doing we're teaching open source stuff that is applicable that people want to learn you know whether you're whether you're coming to a sut course and learning patrolling and stuff for your for airsoft, or you're learning it to protect your property, or your family, or your community. You know, everyone's got their different reasons. You know, we're somehow we haven't we haven't really experienced like a, um, I guess you can say like a militia. We've we've never gotten that. You know what I mean? We've always gotten just people who want to protect themselves. That's literally
2: all it is. It's just people that are curious. They want to learn, and they want to train. You know. Well, I think it's because you're putting that information out you're making that available Mm -hmm. you know like people didn't seek this out before you know people weren't offering it before you know it's only recently that we've started to really break down that you know blur that line and break that down yeah it's seeing what i guess you can say gun culture or gun
0: community is doing right now like it's evolving um you're like, you see posts about it all the time. People will say, hey, they're going from – we're going from the, the one-round, one-second drills, whatever, right. or one-round reload. one, one rounds, yeah. Yeah, we're going yeah. from that to more of a, okay, well, how do you patrol? How do you work in a team? And then you got the comms aspect, which we're rolling out here soon as well. Um, you got all these different aspects, and now it's kind of going into, okay, now we're homesteading and farmsteading, right? Like, I got – I got my own chickens. I got two picks coming in April with the refresh. Like I have my own thing nice. going on. I've, I've had it going on. I grew up with with cows and and everything, you know. Like over my family's house, we still got chickens and goats and everything. Like, you know, it's I grew up with it, but a lot of people didn't. So a lot of people are rolling into that now because now they're talking sustainability.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? So now it's a bigger picture and I've even seen some posts on logistics already. So like it's it's all focusing to a different point and it's it's all getting more purposeful. You know, people people are getting that training that they really need, or they or they never expected to want. And there's really not that many people out there teaching it. Yeah. Like an actual classes, there's tons of people talking about it online and making posts about it, but there's not many people doing actual classes for it. So I mean, both are a benefit. Both are good. But it just seems like it's it's still uh, it's still evolving. Yeah. You know. I, like I'm anxious to see where it goes.
2: I am too. <laughs> I'm too, man. I can't wait to, Absolutely. to get the hard time, strongman land. Be teaching oh, yeah. Sut, field craft. Bring me over to the barn. This is how you take care of a chicken. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. sky's the limit,
2: man. I mean, and like yes. you said, it's so great that people are looking at this holistically now. You know, is yeah. not just can you shoot. You know, can, can you shoot? That's great. You know, good for you, man. But you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to drink. You're going to have to take care of your family. You know, have you thought about medical yet outside of your IFAC, you know, there's, there's so much more to this and you were getting more and more self, uh, into that self-preservation, you know, that self-sustainment, uh, mentality and lifestyle, you know, that we don't have to rely on, you know, governments, big or small, we don't have to rely on organizations, big or small corporations, big or small, you know, and the only, the only way to go is up. You know, it only gets better. I'm so proud that everyone is moving towards this. You know, it's excellent. It's great. You know, if we could have, you know, if we could have every community, every family, every neighbor looking out for each other where we didn't need the guard, we didn't need somebody holding our hand, it'd be a good day. I can't wait to get out of a job. I can't wait to work myself out of a job.
0: It would, what's doing actually too is it's it's creating more community responsibility and community oriented people. So like, and more self responsible people, right? So like now you got animals you got to take care of. Now you're now you're creating your own food and your own sustainability. Now you have to look out for it yeah. and learn how to take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's 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 creating a, a different man, in my opinion, as well. It's it's going back to the roots. Yeah, it's going back
2: to yes what we
0: were and what we should be.
2: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, and that's been our that's been our mission statement from day one. You know, cheering up a bear class of man. You know, and that's not just fighting. That's not just warfare. Yep. You know, which is what we're well accustomed to. You know, we were infantry as well but you know it's so much bigger than that you know is looking out brother for brother friend for friend you know family for family you know neighbor for neighbor you know it, it it's huge and you know like you said the respect the respect is coming back you know and that's what's it's building. it's inherent it's a natural progression it's huge you know we have chickens as well and you know i haven't bought eggs in months but you know i'm going out to that coop every single day to check on those ladies, make sure they're doing good, make sure they're fed and watered, their shelter is fine, you know, and you build, make sure they're they're comfortable so they keep playing. And And you make that, you build that, your relationship with that animal, you know, soon we'll have rabbits and that'll be an even more intimate relationship because that's meat, right? You know, and it's just, it is a, you know, a a heart change too when you're that close with, you know, with your food, you know, it, You know, if we had that for everybody, it it change, change the culture. Be
0: completely different, man. That's um, what I want
2: man. That's what we're. That's what we're building towards. Can't wait. Yeah.
0: People are buying chicken. People are buying chickens left and right, man, right now because they're trying to become more sustainable. Yeah. The right? like, like Tractor supply selling out. Yeah. Like the farms are selling yeah. out. And, yeah. My avocats is um, sold out.
2: At, you know, by my house. Gone.
0: Dude, it's 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 crazy. And like, I got, I have, I've had an order for the last two months in for april for another batch of 10 but I, i'm rehatching some out here soon oh, okay from my my current flock but I, I have a dual purpose bird that is a meat bird but also lays like 260 eggs a year on average and so like it's a it's kind of a forgotten breed they're delawares so they used to be the, the go-to meat bird before like Cornish crosses and you mm-hmm. know all that stuff so like but they don't have nearly as much health issues from growing too fast and stuff like that yeah. right so but um Mine are pecking at each other at, at their feet. I got like one dominant hen that keeps, like I got a really immune rooster that I left over, and he's getting messed up. The hens messing up the other hens, and I'm like, now I gotta go out here and clean their feet because they're bleeding and separate them. Otherwise, it's, it's gonna get worse, and because yeah. they'll peck at anything red. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I got a problem hen. I gotta figure out and how to break this pecking order. Like it's it's a legit relationship. You, yeah. Like it's, and now I'm sitting over here borderline thing about butchering her but I don't want to lose the aid count so it's like yeah <laughs> you know jesus it's, it's it's a relationship you have and it's
2: responsibility
0: and uh yeah. you know luckily it's not just me Luckily my my wife helps a lot too so
2: yeah you know it's a family thing man cuz you can't it do is. it alone it's yep. how
1: it's meant to be
0: it is yeah
1: yeah it's all about shifting uh all these skill sets like not so much learning new skill sets it's we're relearning the stuff that we knew what, 250 years ago? Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. But all we're accounting for now is the technological changes, the breed changes. Yeah. So why we lost these skills is beyond me because now we're going to have to spend even more energy, yeah. more time, more resources, relearning what we it's already knew man. and what actually created this country. It's laziness. And I and hate it.
0: And you're having to do all of that and learn and then you're still having to work a full-time job yeah, with yeah. a median income that doesn't match the medium house mm-hmm purchase or car purchase or anything else. So you're struggling to stay above water and take care of your sustainability and keep learning about it. Yeah, It's a, it's a tough valley. And man. not
2: just all that, but you know, <laughs> taking care of yourself, right? When you find the, you know, time yeah. to make sure that you're eating healthy, you're exercising. So you're, you're not getting dragged down too. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's almost insurmountable at times, yeah. but you know, we've got to get back to that man because you know like you said six i an eight-year-old 200 years ago would make me embarrassed honestly <laughs> yes oh, yeah. all right boy go get a deer comes back with a deer already field stripped like ready to go like no sweat <laughs> then helps me like re-roof my house like you yeah. know it's no j- like and yeah they, and they knew that that's not even hyperbole they would just do it because yeah. you had your family and there's your workers that's what you had and you made it work <laughs> it was like yeah and my gosh dude
0: it's it's that's all stuff i want to instill in my son you know my, my son is mm-hmm. coming up on a year here next month and congratulations like dude yeah, thank you he's, awesome. he's he's like a little spitting image of me he's got like my attitude but also like my personality and it's it's just it's hilarious to see and uh he goes out there and plays with the chickens and wants to like wants to touch them and stuff. Like he's like very interested in that. He loves the four wheeler. He'll watch four wheeler racing with me all day. On awesome. the, like on YouTube or something. He's he's all he's in all the same stuff like already at a young mm-hmm. age. But you know I wanna I wanna see him be able to support himself and and also st- help sustain the community if he needed yeah. to down the road. But like part of him growing up is he's probably gonna be homeschooled. You know my wife and her sisters are all homeschooled. I went to a public school. Absolutely hated it. Got nothing but fights all through high school end up yep. dropping out getting a GED and going that route and I said screw it yeah you know what I mean I, I I'm done I went to work full-time when I was 16 you know it's yeah. um it's a different type of responsibility that I want him to experience and I, I don't want him to get wiped up by some sod at the age of 17 with a baby you know what I mean I, I want him to yeah. experience life and enjoy it but also be responsible and be able to know how to make a decision
2: yeah. Well, you know. and to have the space to learn through pain, I mean, and to build like his own like you know, you start him off at a high standard, right? But to have him exceed that and build his own standard. I mean, that's what we're going to do with yeah. our boys. We're going to homeschool both of them and you know, whoever comes after. But, you know, my wife, you know, her and her brothers were both homeschool. I was, you know, private school hated it. Like you said, the whole time, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a pediatric nurse. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing the effects of that right now kids weren't meant to sit in a desk for eight hours a day no. they weren't it's not right like oh, you know you tell me oh you know this kid's having a hard time focusing hard time staying still you know hard time not speaking out really your eight-year-olds yeah. having a hard time sitting at a desk and not speaking their mind yeah, tell them to go outside teacher, and chop wood dude like
0: <laughs> ask, the, ask that same teacher how many days a month she doesn't want to come to work yeah how many times does she wake up and not want to go to that classroom
2: the same thing same thing Well, i mean think about not being able to see sunlight for eight hours a day or you know that's hyperbole obviously but i mean like those those leds will kill you man i mean it's crazy but you know i want to i want to build a life a home for my son where he can go romp around outside and learn something come home and learn something if it hurts fine you know but he'll be all the better for it you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna damn him to a a desk and you know incandescent light bulbs. Like that's not, that's not life. You know, that's, you know, you no. telling a kid something then you're know, telling them to put it back on paper. They're not learning anything, you know, and no. being able to actually, you know, live through life, you know, living with those animals, like you said, like learning that respect and how things happen and you know, how everything works together. Being actually have inter- interpersonal communication, you know, be able to talk to a neighbor yeah. barter, like, you know, throw some shade, get right back, you know, get in yeah. a scuff and be okay <laughs> yeah. and be friends after it. Cause we are yeah. social creatures and it's okay to have conflict. I mean, yes. so many things that these kids aren't
1: learning. It just breaks my heart, man. You know, and you know, like I said, we do and that's back. what we've lost the last couple of years. Yeah. That's seriously what we've lost the last couple of years. COVID killed this. Like kids are growing up in like their rooms like they're doing classes from their rooms. They don't interact with people, and if they do, they're doing it from behind. They've been doing it from behind a mask until recently. Like, what the hell? We're gonna have a stunted generation. Like, not gonna hey, we lie. We a COVID baby. It's,
2: it's not. He barked at his first pediatrician appointment. He's okay <laughs> now, but he didn't know anybody. He was hanging out with the dog. Is the pediatrician
1: okay? <laughs> no, the pediatrician
2: just gave me that look, like. That's that's not normal. Like, look, he hasn't been around anybody. Give him a break. <laughs> yeah, it's a kid. Let him be a kid. Yeah, but, let him bark well, at man. you. God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude.
2: It's and it's not just
0: it's not just affecting the kids, man. It's affecting our military too. It's uh, training has stopped. Schools are, are lacking on students. It's it's hurting both instructors in the military and students and and units. Units aren't doing anything. Mental and health. People dude. are getting out. Yeah, mental health, mm-hmm. dude. When, when things happened in 2020 2021 dude the mental health like the depression level in the military went through the roof uh you, we saw a lot more suicides that they didn't want to talk about mhm we saw more medical injuries we saw a lot of people getting out um it's just people are are just it's they're not have they don't have a purpose yeah right and it's it's going to be even worse in the next generation it's it's not going to be the same because they had to deal with that so unless we change it now it's. I don't think
2: it's going to be good. We honestly need a complete overhaul, man. We need a complete overhaul because even you know what—five years, six—when was it? We got five years ago, something like that.
1: Oh, first, I got God. five years ago. You, you got like six years me.
2: ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, five years ago. Even then, it was it was trash. I mean, within a year of my getting out, you know, our dudes were, you know, getting ready to deploy and had an entire platoon pop up for drugs. Entire platoon. Like, how does that happen? I mean, you're a a dirt standard. You know, guys who who can't do their jobs. I I mean, the the focus has shifted. I mean, we're supposed to be a fighting force, right? Army. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. we're supposed to win our nation's battles on land. I uh, like this, we're not. I mean, we're seeing yeah, the first land in Europe in a generation. And it's not yeah. looking
1: good for for the service right now. Yeah. And- I mean, question for the group. Do you guys still think that we are still the, the best military in the world? Keep in mind, North Korea's got what that, or is it China that has that million-man standing army? And then we still have all the technological advances that are, you know, plaguing us due to, you know, uh, China stealing stuff, North Korea gaining stuff from China and testing their own stuff. I mean, are we still number one in the world or did we get surpassed?
0: I think the only benefit that we have, the only leg up that we have is our level of violence and the fact that we don't know what the f- we're doing. The same thing to said in World War II. The enemy <laughs> could not predict what we were doing. We <laughs> yeah. didn't know what we were doing. As to this day, that's true. We have no clue what we're
2: doing. Well, because you have leaders. <laughs> so, I, I literally have a said, yeah, the book says this. We're not doing that. That's stupid. And <laughs> yeah. he on his own SOP. Like an SOP within the platoon. Yeah. Not to mm-hmm. mention the rest of the army.
0: Yeah. And it's like, dude, yeah. I, when I call up my location, I don't tell my own unit my, the correct location. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm at least 100 meters You're off, like that's 100 meters of off of that. That's obviously you have to you know? know. Yeah. yeah right. I'm in this general area. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, the We're only so
1: obsessive the man. only person I would want to give my exact location to would be fixed wing aircraft. Yes, yes, and I can do that talking to them. I got, I, yes. I have,
0: I have a JFO or a JTAC for that. You know, what no, I mean? they don't need to know that either. Or, yep. you know. that's yeah. that's my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. JTAC can tell him where he is. That's my business. Yeah. <laughs> it's dude, it's it's hilarious. But I mean, but like our Americans by nature have been historically rebellious. They might be different today but i think they're still i mean like look at me i'm the rebellious one i'm kind of the yeah. ungovernable one right so like i i can make a decision freely and that's how all my guys are but you go to a different unit you do not get that so it, it's going to be dependent but uh that's what's going to hurt us is our our lack of being able to make a free decision and and go off of that but if you look look at a lot of the tech that's being used in the ukraine russian war like the uh the laser finders that they're using, like on their chest, the Russians are. They're like, if you lay some, if you lay the target with a range finder or with an IR or, or any any kind of laser, right? Um, it tells them like the distance and direction from them. They run on on their helmets on their plate carriers. It's all the Chinese tech that's getting used on the Russian side. And that's like at sniper school, like they, like this was the first POI that they they had us like working more Russian-Ukraine conflict type tactics and what we would use over there, and not Middle Eastern. They changed, we were the first class to come through with the Barrett Mark 22, and we were the first class to use those tactics. So like, now we're not heavy reliant on a rangefinder because we got pictures of this tech, and we're showing it in the class, and we see Instagram posts about it too all the time, and it's all Chinese tech, and it's tech we would run into fighting Russia or China, right? So like they have a kind of leg up on tech, and they're, they're at least hindering us, right? They're at least enough to teach, hey... At sniper school, we're learning different tactics now. We're learning now, we're milling everything with mill reticle, like, mm. like not using range finders. Now we're doing on paper, you know, we're, we're doing all this stuff, so it's all different. Well, How we old operate school. might be different, yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's it would equate back to guerrilla warfare, which Americans, when, when you give us no leash and uh, oh, free oh. reign to make decisions, it's usually good, but <laughs> good yeah, for us, Rogers Rangers, maybe yeah so i mean Mm -hmm. if we can go back to scalping great but if we're gonna have our hands tied no it's not gonna be good but it's gonna depend on a lot of things and honestly um china does have a big army and they have the tech but the bigger the bigger concern which i brought up like i i just tested back in october no november the new sig weapon systems the new uh rifle and a new machine gun with the vortex optic Mm -hmm. computerized optic on it and and tested new body armor and all that stuff um Spent two weeks doing that, and my my question to the sergeant major down at uh, PO Soldier when he came in and talked to us, he was he was like, "You got a question for me or anything?" I was like, "Yeah. How are you gonna field this? How are you gonna implement it? How are you gonna train soldiers on the optic? Because now you're handing a DMR rifle to all the infantry, all the cav scouts, you know, all combat engineers, um, you know, like five branches, including like SF. Are you gonna teach them how to use that when?" the ballistic calculator and it goes down when the range, because they, they can't use the range finder built into it in that war They can't use the IR laser or the visible laser that's built into it. So now they're having to mill targets with that reticle. It's a one to 10 and they're not going to know what their bullet drop is unless they know it and they have range time and have a dope card built for it. Right. And certain weathers or have a Kestrel with them. And uh, he was like, I haven't thought of any of that. And I was like, well, now you will, you know, send them to
2: SDM school, get them the training. But and, but yep. will he put that thought into practice? No.
0: Exactly. No. And that and that's what's gonna hurt us. And it's things like that. Why I'm like I'm a little leery on saying yes that we would still we're still the best. It's it's because of the individuals. It's not because it's not because we're lacking the weaponry or the capability really. It's it's that we handcuff ourselves and we limit ourselves.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know. Like how have you hmm. Sorry, sorry. It's frustrating. So literally, you're having you're having the end user come down and try out this equipment. You're asking this end user to his face, "Hey, do you have any questions? How can I do this better? What do I need to do?" And then you're gonna lie to his freaking face, and you're not gonna do it. You know, are they going to teach yeah, guys yeah. how to? Are they gonna teach every freaking private how to? You know, <laughs> use the mill relation formula? No. No, he's yeah, he's going he, to football it. He's going to football it one hundred percent. We would have, yeah, we would have.
0: Yeah, and like my my argument, my suggestion to him was, to, all right, take SDM school. And like you know how you got air assault courses that will roam around the country and train up units. Mm-hmm. Do that with SDM school. Most bases have a six hundred yard KD range and a UKD range. That's all you need. Send them through. And we're carrying less ammo with that with that rifle system now because the ammo's heavier, right? It's a six point eight five mm-hmm. five one. It's flying really fast. Yep. You are going to get more first round hits probably. That's what they're looking at. You'll be able to initiate the firefights when you want to and, and win them faster, they, they think, they say. But uh, think, you're, carrying, yeah. you're carrying less ammo now, so you're not as sustained in the field, right? And you're not going to have air superiority to get a supply drop because now we're fighting countries that they say near-peer, but I'm claiming, I'm saying peer-to-peer because they have air assets mm-hmm. like we do, and they can have air superiority whenever they want, just like we can. So, you know, it's, you're not going to be able to get medical you're not you're not going to be able to get a dust off crew in there, you're not going to be able to get resupplies, you're not going to be able to get any of that by air like you think you were going to based off of previous conflicts. So he couldn't really he, he didn't really know how to address that either and he hadn't really, hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. So a lot of people aren't thinking about this stuff.
2: You know. Well, not to mention it's, like uh, when you get casualties cuz you're going to get casualties, right? You're talking about yeah. actual prolonged field care which they yeah. don't Touch on in a TC three class, no, no. <laughs> you know I don't know. Who, you're don't, gonna need more than a TC. 3 like, I know, you, I know you read. Oh yeah, Black Hawk Down. How long they had that casualty that they had to deal with? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean we like, yeah. and, and I, don't, I don't. have a good question for you or a good answer for you six about the you know if we're the greatest you're the greatest military power right now <laughs> uh, on paper. Yeah, probably because of the nukes, but you know okay. you know yeah. like you said Ghost. we don't have near peers we have peers at this point yeah um yeah. we have a lot of equipment just like the chinese and just like the chinese all our Jews don't either have it or know how to use it properly you know i'd say yeah. that our greatest military asset right now just as a as a country as a superpower is our civilians and the fact that yes you know, other countries do not have what we have so you know yeah. we've never had a you know, since the Revolutionary War, Revolutionary War, we've never had, you know, outside forces on our soil. And, you know, that's been, you know, that so that's so far has been untested, right? But that's my that's my opinion is, you know, that is where the actual fight would take place because then you would have, you know, your wild cards. You know, you're talking about yeah. guerrilla warfare goes when you don't, when you can't give someone parameters, when you can't give a force parameters because they're not under your... Under your yep. jurisdiction, you can't tell them what they can and can't when do. When you can't, when you can't tell them what <laughs> yeah. they can or can't do, but when you tell them, "Hey, we need this town, or we need that bridge, or don't let them go past here," stuff will get done, because the greatest yeah. asset we have as military, the greatest tactic, you know, <laughs> tactic uh, we have as military is that freedom. You know, giving your, yeah. you know, your lower level leaders, you know, the man to man leaders, the freedom to do what the hell needs to get done. And when you let someone
1: get creative, oh it works. It works so (laughs) well. And honestly, that's that's the way the army should be run, is like that's how it used to be run, say back in World War Two. It was like, here's the objective. I don't care how you do it, do it. Roger.
2: Yeah. We'll deal with this later. These are the good guys, those are the bad guys. (laughs) Figure it out. Yep people send me that video every time like when you're talking about this people like
0: maybe think of this video people always send me an instagram video where like the, the tree's playing the banjos and singing to people and like i'm, I'm like <laughs> i'm from west virginia it's so, like the joke is it's like yeah 2025 color eyes when like no sense to me to like 2025 color eyes when ghost gorillas are in a chanduil valley and the tree starts singing <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> when ghost gorillas are playing the banjo <laughs> and playing oh, and playing country God. roads you
2: know when the streets oh are screaming country roads behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in danger. But
0: I mean you're you're completely right though, man. I mean that's that's one thing that we have that a lot of countries don't have. And like when you talk to Nomad, right? Uh it tells you about Canada and just how how screwed over yeah. they are. And you know, it's like that country is not is not gonna be easily defendable. Not at all. No. You know not at all. And Meanwhile, we got Russians, like, I don't know if you heard the other day, but we got Russians leaving Eastern Russia on a boat crossing the sea for that, that mile or two or whatever it is to, to our islands that are off the coast of Alaska to the Southwest. And they're landing mm-hmm. there to escape the war that they're getting drafted into. Wow. Like, that's how easily they can reach us, right?
2: Yeah. That, I didn't you know? know about that yeah. until I saw an IG post, funny enough, about it. And they said, it was like, very said, yeah, that island over there, that's Russia. And it's like... Yeah. You can see it, and when it freezes, when it freezes over, you can walk across the whole thing. Insanity, yeah. so, absolute insanity. Yes, yeah. the Aleutian Islands are that close. Yeah, yeah. And we had well, and just militarily; uh, it's really horrible II. to have you know Russia and you know China <laughs> through Canada in the same <laughs> in the same, same ballpark. That's a rough way. And like
0: during yeah. World War II, I think we had uh Kashner's cutthroats up there in Alaska. They occupied like the Aleutian Islands and the coast of Alaska, and they were basically a scout group that took the tribesmen, indigenous people, and, and employed them because they knew how to track and, yeah. and knew how to survive out there. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we're trying to bring to the modern military while we're talking to these company commanders, these battalion commanders, and we're trying to get them at least our basic bushcraft and stuff and teach you know a section at a time or a squad at a time, not just them but also civilians, You know how do you survive on your own? How do you do that now? Because in the next war, you might have to do that. The sustainability is not going to be there logistics-wise for you to survive. The civilian knows that and the civilian doesn't have logistics, but the military has not experienced that yet. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a, a hard awakening, you know, it's um we're trying to get ahead of the curve and the civilian population knows it and they're taken to it and, and they're wanting to do it. But the military is just, no, nah, I'll, I'll have my support do this for me. Over, we'll have support. We'll have airdrops and this and that. It's like, Dude, I don't think he will. yeah not like you think you not like you think he will.
2: Well, think about the you might get okay. here and we'll think about the early stages of the russian ukraine war, right? Where Russia had like a, what a 40 50 mile long supply chain. Yeah <laughs> he, he had tanks on the side of the road farmers pulling away tanks like with their tractors. Yeah. I mean oh, supply is such a finicky thing, man like and we you know g era we've gotten so used to just being able to call something and have it show mm-hmm. up you, know, you don't even have to think about it. it's just there or you're back at base you know that night or at the very least the morning after you know like you said the civilian definitely has the leg up there where you know if we know we're going to be going out for a few days we know we're going to be going out for a few days and we pack yeah. accordingly they're going to pack light yeah but we, like we we know that <laughs> in our in our head and it's not like this yep. false you yep. know Oh yeah, you know you don't need any of that, man. We'll be back tonight. You <laughs> yeah. know, Black Hawk down. Yeah. Like it's
0: Am- ammo. We're we'll back ammo. a couple hours, dude. <laughs> we'll be back, back
2: a couple hours, dude. Don't worry about it. It'll be too heavy. Like You're you nods. know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge, yeah. huge thing. And that's why I say that, you know, as a you know as a country, that's our biggest force multiplier. Always is our is our civilians, and that's why it's so yeah. important to blur this line and to train up as, as best as we can. You know, regardless of what you think of the government, you're taking care of people when you do that. Yeah. You know, you're taking care of people. Yeah. You know, as, you know, yeah. if I'm, you know, if I have any measure of strength, if I have a measure of knowledge or resources, I think it's my responsibility to pass that off to people, you know, to help people out.
0: Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? If, if you're a good person and a moral person, why wouldn't you? You know, I think that's what you, what, like, what we're seeing through our students is, They're thinking just like you. That's why they're there to start with. You know? They're no different. And what we're trying to get is the military think the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because, like, like I'll train with, like, the difference between, like, training, like, active units and guard units is, like, the active units, you get the guys that have been in the military since they're, like, 18. They don't know anything else. Right. right? But, like, I just went through, like, sniper school with with a guy who was from somewhere up northeast. Way up northeast, and uh, he was a farmer on his face. Had his own legit farm that like he made a profit from. Like he was a legit farmer, but was an army sniper in the guard. And he had like two deployments. And now is getting now get moved to the sniper section. I'm like, dude, like that guy could sustain a community on his oh, own yeah. and be dangerous yeah. at the same time. You know what I mean? And like some people were slept on, man. But uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But it's 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 funny <laughs> to see. It's it's interesting to see. It's you know, different roles, different purposes, but always to everyone. Not everyone can be a shooter. Not everyone can be a fighter at, at every time. You have to have that. Yeah. Like ability. That's, that's some level, but some people have a bigger purpose behind the scenes that doesn't seem as big, but it's, it's actually bigger. If, yeah. if if you can't eat and you don't have water, you can't fight. Right. A hundred
2: percent. So Well, and, you know, a really humbling thing for us is, okay, you might be, you know, Hasha McGee over here, you know, you might be the best, you know, shooter and, and tactician around. Right. But if you go down day zero, day one, now what's your community going to do? Now what's your family going to do? Do yeah. you train them up? Cause if yep. you didn't, then you're feeling pretty stupid right now. You know, yeah, exactly. If you're not passing off this information, then you're doing everybody a disservice because you're not invincible. You can go down just like anybody else. We, we know, we know we are incredibly fragile, you know? So if you're not passing this information off, if you're not making more of you to make more of you, to make more of you, you know, to build out this community where you can actually protect yourself in a sustainable and, you know, self healing way, then, you know, that's probably not going to last.
0: Yeah. You're only going to fight that fight for so long. And, uh, and it'll show. it'll It'll be a it, it'll be a sh- experience.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it makes me think of, um, you know, like the old Red Dawn, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like that's why I always go back to when I think of these scenarios. You know, as you know, as hyped up as it was, right? But you know, imagine if you are just a you know, you have four or five other guys, and that's it. You know, like, and you are met with us you know, with all the sustain with all the networking and everything else. And you know, you have virtually nothing except for what you started out with. You know, what can you do with that? That's why the sustain, that's yeah. why the, the field craft and the bushcraft and, you know, everything is so important because, you know, on this side of things, you know, you don't, you don't get do-overs. You don't get, uh, you know, you don't get alibis. You don't have a water buffalo falling behind you. You don't get a speedball when you, you know, blew all your ammo in your first engagement. You know, yeah, I'm making count.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: It's true, man. And like like you guys have probably seen it. Like unit, units when they go to like JRTC or N T C or something, like they a lot a lot of dumb decisions are usually made there and logistics are usually screwed up there. Um, and that's where you experience it at. You yep. know, with, with inexperienced people or people who just don't know how to make a decision. And like, I had a ball at J R T C because scouts sniper section we're just going around sabotaging and calling for calling for air support and and mortars and yeah call for fire every chance <laughs> we can from far out yeah. and we're ahead of the line anyway so we're just sabotaging and living a happy life and it's a different experiences and people need to know how to do that people need to know how to be comfortable in those situations right yeah like don't don't get stopped by the bull know how know how to make your own decisions and support yourself and sustain yourself i don't think we got one single supply drop in five days Goodness. For ammo or anything, we got in like three firefight[s]. I get in a firefight, awesome. plot, plot the grid on my on my Jeep <laughs> on my Garmin. I'll plot the grid because he's hundred meters that way. Break contact and sp- split her to hillside, and call for fire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because we had that capability, <laughs> you know. And it's like,
2: but also, but also you got, can transfer and that. Got kills can transfer that to to yeah. other tactics, right? But it's the it's the idea, it's the concept of you know that decentralized that small unit, right? So am I going to go against the line you head on? No. No. Ooh. No, I'm gonna break contact and I'm going to will 'em down the war of the yep. flea, right? Until there's yep. nothing left. Because he, you know, as a conventional force, has to follow a set of rules. Whether he knows yep. it or not. Naturally that's how, you know, those large organizations are run because that's how they have to be run. That's how they survive. So there are certain rules, exactly. whether written or not, that they have to follow. There are certain you know paths. There are certain uh, what am I trying to say? There are just you know different procedures that they have to go through. If you have five dudes and a lot of hate in your heart, you can get a lot done. And oh yeah, oh yeah, know, being able to you know group, disperse, go from different angles, meet back up again, you know whatever. Having that flexibility, that fluidity, it's <laughs> devastating absolutely yeah. devastating it is and not to mention if you is. have it's assets a... but you know even without it's it's yeah. dumb i mean you're still poking pro well, and that's why yeah. you know yeah exactly our, our procedure was if we had any kind of marksman any kind of sniper you know that you know that was against us we broke contact because it's not worth it right you know if you don't yeah, have the air you're assets gonna to, lose your dudes yeah, if you don't have the air assets air assets yeah. to deal with it and you don't know where he is you leave
0: yeah, a lot of times Definitely. you don't have the medical support for it, right? I mean, yeah.
2: unless you're calling in,
0: you know, a nine-line and getting a, getting a helicopter there, which even then you you got to get away from
2: Target for that to even happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... And you're putting, you're your, yourself. And you're putting your air so, crew at risk. Yeah. 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 I mean, snipers are freaking so, yes. devastating. Yeah. Devastating. They can be uh, yeah. a morale crusher. Yeah. And exactly. Well, and to think, they can change your tactics in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, and to go back to the civilian... Uh, the civilian conversation right if you you know count every gold boy with a 308 as a sniper oh. <laughs> yeah holy <laughs> crap i mean and that's how you can train your dudes and that's how you can actually count and that's why i yeah. think that at home we would be the most devastating force flat out yeah. because More you know, Bubba with his you know granddad's 308 doesn't care if he has any of go <laughs> off or not like
1: he's still going to do what he's going to do. Yep.
0: That rifle's still going to shoot.
1: Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, even if the uh, conventional like military got completely rolled, say we like the Russians laying in here and they got completely rolled, Bubba with his 308 and all of his friends are going to be laughing and licking their chops. Like I'm about to own some NVGs from somebody. I'm about to get some plate carriers, some Russian uniforms, a tank. Like I'm going to have this tank parked in my backyard tomorrow. Oh
2: dude. I always wanted a boonie cap. And thanks. that is the most
1: devastating force. Yep. Yeah. Like, I always wanted an AK forty seven. I always wanted
2: a
0: rope full of ears. You know, Goodness. Like your necklace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's so. That's one guy. So imagine if you had three, three guys who work together. Oh my god! Right. I mean it is absolutely devastating. So, like you said, like even if the conventional force got rolled, and that's the thing with insurgencies, insurgencies don't lose. No. They do not lose. Historically, you can't yeah. defeat they an don't. insurgency. It is not possible. You because it's mindset. an idea. It's an idea. I don't care I don't care how long yeah. it takes. Like I think about Ireland. That's still Oh yeah. On. Still they going on. They have not stomped that out yeah. no matter how many generations they try. It won't. Insurgencies don't lose. We just yeah. tucked tail and ran out of Afghanistan with all of yeah. our might. Some freaking goat farmers. Some freaking goat farmers beat us. dude 60 billion. Yeah. yeah. 60 billion in
1: equipment.
0: Yeah, yep. man.
2: And if that's and not we literally we literally lost to civilians. We
0: we lost we lost to a mindset, to an ideology that we could not defeat. Because you cannot defeat an ideology yeah. You cannot. The only only way to defeat an ideology is to kill it and kill anybody who believes it at any words written, defeat anything, delete anything at where it's written. Mm -hmm.
2: That's the only way to kill an ideology. And you know how hard that is? Yeah. That is pretty much impossible. Well, and why do we think, why do you think that so many training companies, so many of these civilian companies, you know, that's in their ethos is trying to genocide proof (laughs) people. Yep. It's an idea. Yeah. You need people for an idea. Yeah. But yeah, so yep. if it did happen, you know, I pray to God that it won't. But if it did, it, you know, I don't care how long it would take, it it, w- it would fail. Yeah, it would, and yep. you'd be It'd bleeding. Be you'd be bleeding from so. all over. Because I mean, you know, think back to you know calling in an air supporter, or you know calling in a medevac. I mean, you're just saying rat traps. I mean, think about that, but on a huge, like, like a countrywide scale, like you don't have enough people. You don't have enough people yeah. to do that no like it doesn't happen just, i mean during the troubles i mean the you know the british were like they wouldn't go outside of their of their guard booths it's not worth it no. you know
0: i mean just, just imagine you're trying to call in a, a helicopter to get to get medical help to get some people out or even get an expo and there's only three clearings within a square mile where it can land and they're not clearing their own area like you know in vietnam we would yeah. we would blast we would drop a bomb or something and mm-hmm. or yeah. or use uh uh, C4 charges and and you know cut down trees mm-hmm. whatever we had to do, but imagine they're not doing that or they haven't learned that yet and it's only three clearings within a mile and there's a team sitting on each you know what I mean
2: yeah or three teams
0: yeah or three teams sitting on each like you're not gonna you're not getting
2: out of it. well the thing is like <laughs> like, it's, like there's with man and there's so many yeah. and you know there's so much hate and there's so much conflict going on you know in so many different sects of the community right especially with like the combo like the radio type but you don't think that any of those radio nerds can listen to every single thing that you're saying <laughs> or at least know where you're saying yeah. it from. I mean, we're going to figure out where be. the drop points are. I mean, where patrols are, what anything. Did you ever retry the brain? Yeah. Have you read that yet? Great book. Mm-hmm. Great book. Highly recommend. Huh. But, um, okay. it was saying in, in one, in one chapter about, you know, like a hypothetical, like a, like a submarine being christened, you know, being launched. Right. You know the holes aren't all that strong. You know, say to, you know, small arms fire, medium arms fire, right? So yeah. imagine one, one dude from six, eight hundred yards away in an apartment building. You know, being the reason why you can't launch that submarine anymore. Yeah. Or imagine yep. your helicopter piles being afraid to land because they don't have any idea what's in that apartment building. You know, and there's no way to clear it because you have civilians all over that. You know, it's yep. not a, it's not a, not a winnable thing. It's not a doable endeavor.
0: No, and, and then you're trying to occupy, and you're pissing off the neutral civilian force by treating them badly because, yeah. you know, and you're just because you have to for control, hearts and minds, <laughs> so, and you're just making <laughs> making more insurgents.
2: I mean, that's yeah, yeah. That's why it'll never, that's it'll it will never. It's all works. Yeah, doesn't matter what country. All it does. So yeah, so. Going back a little more to your company, you, you spoke about Mountain Warfare. So do you want to touch on that? What do you mean by Mountain Warfare? What do you, you know, kind of broad, you know, broad scope, Were you trying to pass off to dudes when they, when they go so, into that? So
0: a lot, a lot of our cadre have been to basic and advanced Mountain Warfare school in Army, okay. right, whether it be summer or winter course. So what happens a lot in those courses, what we're trying to, like, incorporate in our courses is it's not just – climbing, rappelling, and stuff like that. A lot of it's high angle shooting, it's Kazovac stuff. How do you get this casualty in this gecko across these mountains? Mm -hmm. How do you rappel with them? How do you climb with them? How do you traverse these mountains with them? Whether it's just big rolling hills or mountains or whatever. Uh, Setting up fixed ropes like high lines and to get them across and rucksacks and gear across. We're trying to incorporate all that stuff. right? We're looking at it from how do you save your own ass aspect but also how do you be dangerous in the mountains aspect. So you're gonna learn two sides of it. How do you get out of there safely, right? And then how also, <laughs> how do you traverse these mountains to get to your target and make that that contact, right? How to how to get to the fight. Um. There's a couple different ways to go about it, but there's there's multiple ways really to go about it. But a lot of it's your knots, your rope, what gear you choose. You're, you're gonna hands on with our stuff. Um, how to transport personnel how to transport injured personnel it's the type of movements you do how you run contour lines instead of going up and down you're just simply running contour lines all this stuff it's uh it's a whole mess of stuff but
2: cool it
0: it all starts with mentality because you're gonna ruck your ass off
1: (laughs) over some topography baby
0: (laughs) yeah you're you're gonna learn how to read contour lines really quick (laughs) with your knees with your knees oh my god but we even, even in sorry, basic bushcraft, me. like not like we get, so we're rolling out our, our, I guess you can call it a mountain warfare. It's a mountain operations, mountain warfare course. We're rolling that out <clears> here <throat> soon. Um, we just got a venue for it, but even in our basic bushcraft, we teach you basic knots. You still learn a bowland, a Prusik. You're, you're learning anything basic, a uh, square knot with safety ties. You're learning figure eights, uh, everything, a like double bowling. Um And a lot of stuff transfers over to that Mount Warfare course. Okay, So you're learning it from shelters at one point, like stuff like trucker's hitches and stuff. You're, you're learning all this stuff for shelters and whatnot, and basic uh, uh, bushcraft. But when you, we, when you go into the mountain class, you're gonna already know a lot of those knots. It's just, now we're gonna be inspected to make sure they're good. They have to be dressed, you know, like, like to Mount Warfare spec. Right. Um, you need to have a safety knot on everything. It's just those type of things. That's awesome. And then, the, and then you get to incorporate. You get the pleasure of carrying, you know, 100, 150-foot rope and a belt with different car- locking carabiners, different non-lockers, different uh, cordage. You're going to learn what all these things are and then have to carry it, you know, as well and get there and use it. Yeah. Uh, senders, all that types of stuff. You're, you're, you're going to need to know how to get there and get back out um, and get our back with you.
1: So yeah. So it's how does how can that apply to the uh the the civilian context? So if you're
0: in a mountainous area or plan on being a mountainous area or even I say a lot of stuff even applies to flatlanders because we're teaching two to one systems, three to one systems, all that stuff. You know, it's it applies to you because it's it's going to help you sustain yourself, but also free up your movement. It's going to help you help you move freely when you want to. Right, and that's and that's if you can move freely when you want to, you're already winning. Yeah, you know yeah. if if you have a denied route because it's an easy route, but you can take the hard route, and now you can do it easier because you know what you're doing and you have the gear to do it. Why would you not do it? It's that's the, I would take that question. I would take that route over the easy one any day, just because it's more
2: protective, it's more security, right? Well, and mm-hmm. you know, or a route that you know your, your adversary thinks that you can't take. Exactly. Right, using that deception. Exactly. When, be really huge as well yep where are you guys i forgot to ask you guys at the beginning i'm sorry where are you guys based out of
0: uh right now we're running courses between eastern west virginia and western maryland okay okay so we just picked up another venue that's not really in western maryland it's more towards like half between western maryland and baltimore it's like frederick area which picked up a, a firearms training location for there where we're gonna be doing night shoots at day shoots all this stuff at but most of, But our other venues for, like, uh, basic bushcraft or uh, SUT or, like, a recce course or any of those, they're all out towards Western Maryland or Eastern West Virginia. Okay. But we have a venue in Wisconsin. We're, line, we're trying to lump a venue in Texas. And we might have a venue in North Carolina. Okay. For this year. So, we're, we're going to be traveling a little bit, roaming around. Awesome. So, cert- yeah, certain awesome. courses will be offered in certain areas where they're able to be taught at, depending on the venue. But... Like, I always tell everyone, if, if you're from somewhere else and you want us to come to you, just send us a message. If we can find a venue or if you can find a venue and you have land or something, we can host something there. You know, we just need we just need a right amount of students to be able to justify it for us financially in order to get there and get back home. That's all.
2: We'll let you know yeah yeah <laughs> hard That's time a, strong men future complex here we go that, there that is go. a that is a long-term goal of ours is we want to get a sizable amount of mm-hmm. of land for training well well you know like work land so studio um armory but like just training land where we can you know run ranges we can run trainings you know like you said side field craft you know any type stuff or you know like hunting primers like anything that yeah. we can I, I wasn't joking about you know like uh like a bar, if we can like break off get you know subject matter experts in these different fields you know that'd be that'd be huge but yeah dude we're we're yeah. doing the same thing we got a
0: camo guy getting ready to come on as a guest instructor awesome. like i got a buddy that retired from 10th group as a guest instructor like we you know you're gonna like people see different faces with us and they're going they're gonna see more faces with us you know so like and we're about to apply for our ffl with a sot class three and we're getting ready to host... Re- I, I used to build weapons for a living back when I was younger. I used to work for a weapons really? manufacturer okay. that is now shut down. But we used to have all kinds of full auto stuff. Cause they, did, they did foreign weapons training for contractors going overseas cool. back in like 03 or 04. Cool. or 05. And, uh So we had all this stuff on the wall. So I knew how to operate. I knew how to take it apart, clean it, put it back together before I even joined the military. I knew how to manufacture it. Uh, I currently have all the jigs for it, but we're waiting on a Class 3. And then we're going to start manufacturing for ourselves to keep in our own armory. And then when we get students that fly in or we get students that want to borrow something and use it, we're there on site. As long as someone's there, they can use it. So it's too easy. I'm
2: connecting <laughs> with you on a really, really deep level. Yeah. You have to give me a moment. I love this. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Wait, man as,
0: long, as, long, as long as we don't make eye contact, it's not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey it's man $20 okay. is $20 it's okay I'm married yeah yeah, um,
2: yeah I'm married we're good we're good then. <laughs> all of us are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine <laughs> no that's amazing man that's amazing you guys have any plans for bring on that med- or no you, you said you have uh you have medical on board so they run classes have, or are they just there for just for uh instructor and student safety both they're there for instructor student safety insurance
0: reasons and then also to run their own class that's portions. awesome so like man most, that's great most most of our classes no matter what it is has a medical portion in it to some to some aspect medical is teaching something cool so like unless it's like a like if it's a one-day course it depends on what it is but as long as it's a two-day you're getting some kind of medical out of it that's great so whether it be an hour or whether it be four hours you don't know i mean sometimes you're doing shooting drills where you're sprinting 50 yards shooting or applying tourniquet shooting and like they're checking to make sure that's on there, good and properly placed and where they told you to. And you know, okay. like if, we, if that patient ain't screaming when you put it on and it ain't tight enough okay. and you know, yeah, you if they like at before, the end of the
2: day you didn't do it right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if they're not doing it back to you when it's their turn, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, if it's out of anger, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's funny, but you know, or you're, or you're putting dressing on or you're learning how to use it as really or, you know, you're doing whatever, cool. and uh, you know you get some kind of medical out of pretty much anything we do. Awesome, but we 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 had a we had a problem getting medics at first, and uh, we got one guy one guy in our unit's EMT certified, one who's an actual army medic who's reclassing. He's currently assigned to us. He was about to get out, got along really good with us, worked in the team, was, was trainable, teachable, and he's reclassing to be man and be assigned right to a scout sniper section because he used to work with cool. us. Cool. Um, and then we have our own medic who has been our medic for the last I don't know two years, three years, and he's been through our slick and everything. He's been through all the recon schools. Like he's he's a freaking stud. And you know we have medics, but when we travel, we're gonna have to find medics yeah. because I don't know if they're gonna be able to be able freely at depend on schedule to come with us. So right. That's the hard part, man. Find a medical sport that's good that you trust. That's the hard part.
2: That's comfortable you know? with what you're doing. That's got yeah, to be especially. yeah, it's got to be especially hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Finding finding a medic that wants to camp out and especially like like a civilian EMT or something. Like it's hard, dude. It's it's difficult. That's why we use unit guys. I mean,
2: I volunteer. They love
0: it. They can't they
2: can't get enough of it. Right. Well, if we come down here and teach a course, at least we got medical support. Yeah, right. There. Built in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, man. so you are talking about different kinds of rope, different kinds of knots, different ways to use that. So, uh, that I mean, that's a class in of itself, man. Like,
1: oh my god, yes,
0: it is. I mean, gear selection for mountain warfare stuff in itself can be a class, right? Depending on what your environment is, what your terrain's like, how how what gear you really need to invest in, what you don't need how can you make do with what you've got? It's that could be a, a class in itself. Um, yeah. but for the most part, we're going to be using army issued ropes. Like, like the same ones that we have in the army, we're going to be using the same manufactured ropes or there are seven, thickness, 11 millimeter thickness. Okay. Um, 150 foot ropes. We can cut them down to like 50 foot and, and cap the ends and central and burn them all, you know, cap them all. But, um, you know, it's, we, we're going to keep things simple. Um, if we have an anchor point, like say a tree, it's just a bowline knot for a single rappel. If we're doing double rappel, it's a it's a double, triple bowline, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you're doing a retrievable, we're just putting a tagline on it. We're going to do a bowline, loop it through itself, and put a tagline on it so when you get down at the end, you can pull it freely and retrieve your rope from the bottom. You know, so you, you can move freely. You don't have to go back up to get it, right? It, it's, nice. Everything everything we're teaching is with the intent and purpose to be able to move freely an operation.
2: That's excellent. How much does that Hell kind yeah. of rope weigh? Well, well, well first dry. I would say how, how much would you recommend, say, you know, just individually, right? You're going to, with a rope,
0: with a rope and your carabiners, your harness and your cordage with a couple, with a couple different balls of cordage. Uh, you're probably be looking at another 20, 30 pounds in your rock. Goodness. Especially yes. if it's wet. Yeah. It's so pretty yeah. pretty so pretty we're just serious. Gonna get wet.
2: Uh, yeah, pretty serious hack for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I went through Mountain Warfare School back in
0: 2017. I went through in the winter time. Rips were always wet. Quarters are always wet. We were always wet. We never saw dirt. There's nothing. There's we we. I don't think I ever saw just how much snow was under my feet at any time. We were always in crampons or snowshoes. Wow, doing ice axe climbing and all that stuff and. Uh, everything was wet, it was heavier than when you left in the morning and I had an Alice pack and the bottom half literally just had like a change of socks, extra water, that type of stuff in it. And then literally from the middle up was all rope kit and harness and cordage and carabiners and uh wow. my puff top.
2: <laughs> and that wow. was it. You know, Jesus. my marshmallow top.
0: So and that's that's a big point that we that we like to teach is when you're working in the cold, especially in, like, a like a mountainous area where you're exerting energy and building heat in your body, you have to dress lightly. So, like, the, like a general rule we were taught was you need to be cold when you step off. Comfortably cold. Comfortably right? cold. Right? So, like, if it was 20 degrees or 15 degrees, I was simply wearing silk tops and bottoms and a soft shell top and bottom. And that's it. And I'm moving out in that. Even if it was 10, to 10, 20 degrees. Wow. And uh, from there, I just keep a a down jacket, a marshmallow jacket, or a puff jacket, whatever you want to call it, and the top of my ruck, on top of my rip kit, and all that way. When I stop and I go to set up, I just throw it on to retain that body heat. You don't want to sweat, right? Right. Sweat, sweat kills you in the cold. So, yep. You know, and, that, and that's another aspect though that's going to be rolled into it is, you know, how do you take care of yourself and keep your skin clean and keep your your clothing clean that way? It actually has, that way your 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 heating insulators can still work as heating insulators. In those environments. Yeah. So.
2: What do you do for your There's hands? a, uh, uh, as far as like gloves and stuff? Yeah, because you're having to, to, you know, tie with rope and everything else. So how do you <laughs> make that work? You just have to, you're in and bear it whenever you have to, you know, do the technical the, stuff?
0: That's the crappy part, man. So like I run, I run a, a pair of mountain hardware gear liners and then I have a set of outdoor research gloves I put on over top of them that are like shells okay. that are insulated. And I'll run those. I've had those down to like negative 20 up there, and they were great. Um, but if I'm tying knots, it depends on what rope I'm tying with. If I'm tying with the the rappel rope, then I can do it with them on it. right? The knots, the rope's big enough, and the knot's are big enough, I can do it with it on it for the most part. At worst, I'm just using liners. Okay. But that smaller stuff, man, I'm taking everything off and doing it with my fingertips. Because a lot of times, especially when you go to recover that stuff, the knots are frozen in the wintertime, you know, and you have to go bare hands on it to be able to grip it. Or you're taking sticks and trying to shove it down in there and break the knot loose and wow. not break the sheath up at the same time, wow. you know? Yeah. And like what a lot of people don't think of is like doing these type of, of training and like in real world operations, you're going to have places where your rope's laying over stuff where it's going to make it fray. So you have to be able to lay down a jacket or find some moss and lay it on on the edge of a, of a rock or something. That way it doesn't rub your sheath mm-hmm. through and basically and ruin your rope, you know? Yeah.
2: Do you know a lot of rope and, or a lot of knots before you went to, you know, before you joined the service, before you went to mountain warfare school or you learn everything? There?
0: Uh, I, I knew some stuff just from growing up, um, between hunting, how to hang a deer up with certain knots, um, fishing knots, stuff like that. But majority of stuff I know now is from mountain warfare school. Um, the first thing they test you on is knots at the end of week one. I think we sent home like a quarter of the class on just a knot test alone. Wow. Because like you have to know the knots. They have to be dressed properly. You get like 10 seconds to tie each one. And you have to say what the what the knot is and what the purpose of it is while you're tying it hmm. of each knot. Like
2: so very technical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh <laughs> it's it gets a lot of people, man. But um no, it's I, I think I, I learned most of them. At least most of them I use today, I learned there you know okay. and then I've even learned other stuff through like just being at my unit you know like trucker's hitches and stuff like that you know just for hanging hanging, uh rain shelters and just simple stuff like that so that's stuff you get passed down in the basic bushcraft for your shelters right. you know so cool yeah there's there's, and like it, if you look these knots up man the, civil, the civilian world will call the knots something different than the military does oh, usually yeah or it'll have three or four different names you know so it's like well it will be a different way to tie it and
2: everything else right
0: yeah yeah like I, got, like, I can teach you to tie a bowline two maybe three different ways yeah you know? well
2: I was saying like I don't remember <laughs> how many months ago it was but I was putting up on our story highlights our can uh, you not highlights I was tying a bowline and you're like hey <laughs> yeah. man there's definitely a better way to do that <laughs> and... I was like hold on I'll, I'll post a video yeah I was like okay <laughs> cool please show me how <laughs> but i mean that's what i'm talking about like you know you don't want me to suck right you don't want me to do this the yeah. wrong way or like a inferior way so you're like hey yeah we can do this better and you showed me how yeah you know and yeah. you know you have to be teachable you have to be willing to you know let someone make you better but yeah you know
0: yeah and like i'm not i'm not saying your way was wrong i'm just saying hey there's more ways that are, but you might like better yeah you know that might be faster for you.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, hell, man, if you're doing this for a living, I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take your two cents. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, people yeah. are such a wealth of knowledge. It's like yeah. you have to be willing to to take it.
0: You, you have to remain a student. Always, and uh, that's one thing that that we believe in, man. Like, it, luckily, because we're still in the military, we still have to I have an opportunity to go to training and get paid to do it, right? But. Even on the civilian side, I've taken civilian classes, you know. It's you you have to stay learning. Yeah. Whether it's just talking to people or taking classes. You know, if if you're lucky enough to have someone that you know know something and can teach you, great. But you have to stay a sponge and stay absorbing,
2: you know. hundred percent.
0: Plus it helps keep the mind sharp in my opinion. It helps keep you mentally active.
2: Yeah. I mean iron sharpens iron, right? That's the old saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, Set like, ego aside and learn some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: dude. It's, uh, I mean, you, not everybody can do it, but like, you, you know, I, I like to stay active. So like, I just got back from sniper school two weeks ago. I'm already putting in to go to mountain Rifleman to go to the high angle course, cool. at Mount warfare school. You know, I'm like, I want to go this year. Awesome. And I want to go into winter time because I know it's going to be more difficult to move around. It's it's going to be better training to me. So yeah. You know, and like we just sent three dudes off to see school.
2: You know, like our dudes stay doing Dang, stuff and man. our instructors are the same way. Yeah. Well and you're you're constantly, you know, sharing that information and making yeah. everybody better. That's cool. That's really yeah, cool. Man.
0: Like even at school dude, at school I had dudes ask me, Hey, how'd you like active duty guys, how'd you do this? How'd you get that school? How do you how do you get Mount Warfare school? You know? Like they didn't know anybody who's ever been. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well do this. Do this for your for your for your training NCO. He's like, wait, I don't have a training NCO. I'm like, all right, well do this, submit this, submit this paperwork, hit me up and I'll help you walk, I'll walk you through it. It's real easy and go into Atars and whoever has access to ATARs or server slot put you in for it. Like like you have to be able to help your community and help dudes do stuff. Yeah. You know? That's the only way they get
1: better, and that's the only way the community gets better. Right. That's awesome. So what do you what do you guys got coming up next? Like what's coming up in the next couple months for you guys? Oh, we have a basic
0: land app course that's I think it's going to be 13 people reserved already. Wow. That's running in April, middle of April. And then uh, we have a March course we might be doing. Not sure yet. Trying to figure out the student count on it, the head count on it. But uh, if we get enough answers, we we'll do it. we got an open course weekend, open training weekend to alumni as well. We have an open training weekend in April as well, and beginning of April. We have a – I'm going down to Texas uh april 27th to may 1st for a freedom of farm setting event run by insurgency knitting circle i'm gonna be a guest instructor out there for them awesome teaching like um uh, patrolling your land and and your community and stuff like that uh like uh, like zone and pretty much zone reconnaissance type stuff yeah area reconnaissance type stuff cool. um and uh we have a class set up for May for SUT. We have a SUT class on the back side of a basic bushcraft in April. So basically like the twenty-second, twenty-third, twenty-fourth, twenty-fifth. It's a two-day basic bushcraft rolled into a two-day SUT back to back. We have six people reserved for that so far. I think we got three more talking to us about it. And we got alumni students coming in and play out four for it for, for the force and forest portions. And uh that runs right into yeah twenty second to twenty fifth, and then twenty seventh I go back, I go I go to Texas. So, yeah, it's busy, staying <laughs> busy. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we're tr- we're trying to link up with uh, we're, we have plans to link up with Pat from my Tactical Oh great! And and Sky Pirate down in North Carolina. Pat's gonna come to North Carolina. We're gonna go to North Carolina, and we're gonna host like hopefully what we we're talking about like a four day, three or four day, uh, covert entry patrolling two. Covered entry slight explo- exploitation or have a goal once you're in there and then get back out in an exfil and maybe have like a little e and e route like comms go down all of a sudden you got to go to your alternate route cool like so i had like culminating exercise awesome. maybe. that's
2: great man that's great <laughs> well and that's such, yeah, a, we're trying- that's such a huge thing for for training that you know the training doesn't stop once you hit the objective you know there are fault like the following things need to happen that needs to be trained. You know, people, people lose sight of that. People don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool.
0: It, it's it's a lot of stuff, man. It's a lot of stuff to play in. Um, a lot of logistics. Because, like, in our courses, when you pay for one of our courses, like, we're paying all ammo. We're, we're covering you for all ammo, food, water, and you don't need to bring anything but your own gear. And if you don't have a weapon, say you're flying in, usually we have a weapon that's available for you. So it's... um you know you're getting a lot out of your money <laughs> with us yeah yeah cuz we're not making account not charging a lot
2: you an account for sure yeah cool so well we really appreciate you coming on you know we've we waited a long time to get you on and i'm so so <laughs> glad that we did so thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate your you know your perspective and what you had to say could you go ahead and shout out uh, where can people find you
0: yeah man um so on instagram you can find me or my buddy at future conflicts on instagram you can find me at ghost element with two underscores between the words so at ghost underscore underscore element you can find me at lost lost generation appalachistan as well want, that's in my my backup page and uh you can find us on youtube at future conflicts you can find us on spotify at future conflicts for the podcast you can find us
2: future conflicts.com cool Thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate you having on a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All
2: right, guys. This is the hard time. sharp man. Training up a better class of man with ghost element as always stay in the fight.